Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Strafford, Michael Palmer, Brandon Jones along with you. And today we're going to talk about fidget spinners and distracted learning and how uh, toys and uh, different objects in the classroom can help or hinder uh, the education process. But first, Mike, I want to catch up with you. I know you've been sick. How has your uh, week been going thus far? Uh, it's been going okay. I'm feeling better. You may hear a little bit of uh, uh, verklempness. Is that a word? I I, it is now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that kind of sound. Verklempsion? Verklempsion. I need some redemption to go with my uh, verklempsion. Uh, but uh, but yes, uh, you know, through the the wonders of uh, over-the-counter medicine and uh, and some uh, some tea. I feel good. I may try to sneak a lozenge in later. So for those of you who are listening carefully, there may be a point in this podcast when I, I slip, uh, slip in a lozenge. So uh, bonus points for those of you who, who can catch that moment. The, uh, I often refer to over-the-counter med meds as uh, better living through chemistry, but uh, I'm glad to hear you're on the mend and hope uh, it passes soon. Brandon, uh, the other sound effects we may hear during this episode is a, a, a fidget spinner that you brought with you. You're an owner of a fidget spinner. Yeah, this is a recent edition. It, uh, actually, uh, we got this yesterday. Uh, mm. We ordered from Amazon. Wow. It was $4. So I don't think I have the, the, uh, the top of the line fidget spinner. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm uh, distracted as we're uh, uh, potting on yeah. distracted learning because I have in studio, in my hand, spinning right now, um, the, uh, a fidget spinner. And uh, for those who don't know, for those who listen and, and may not be aware of what a fidget spinner is, uh, it's a device apparently uh, invented in the 1980s, uh, but has become a very popular craze over the past couple of months amongst uh, elementary school students and students abroad uh, across the country. Uh, basically, three pieces that spin on an axis and you spin it in between your fingers. And uh, Brandon, you were explaining part of the game is to see how long you can get it to spin on one spin, correct? Yeah, so a um, couple disclaimers. I basically know nothing about fidget. Sure, spinner. absolutely. Uh, so I'm definitely this is I'm like in my wheelhouse for the material on this pod, <laughs> except that I I have in my hand a fidget spinner. It's um I wouldn't say it's three pieces. It's uh it's one piece with uh, with three um, spokes mm. sort of. Yes. Um, <clears throat> that uh, sits between a uh, sort of an axle um, you know, that you, you know spin what it, it on. You know what it almost looks like? Except it spins. It almost looks like a flux capacitor. It does look like a flux capacitor. Yeah. That's right. Like yeah. a spinning flux capacitor. Sure does. And th that's from Back to the Future, which yeah. is a, a fa yeah. favorite of this pod. Yeah. Um, so he, that's, here's the other things that I know. Uh, so the first time I encountered a fidget spinner was at the Yankees game, Kaplan at the Yankees, ah, one of our mm, colleagues, mm -hmm. Larry Redman, a shout ah, out Larry, yeah. uh, longtime listener. Larry the Learned. Yes, Larry the Learned. Um, he bought a fidget spinner uh, at what he was being excited to share were Bronx prices instead of Manhattan prices. <laughs> um, and uh, it was for his children at who they, he was going to be like this hero dad for mm -hmm. having brought them back a fidget spinner. And then the, the, the next thing I know, which is the next to last thing, so there's two more things, including this thing, is my daughter, who's two and a half, mm. traded uh, either Elsa, I think it was Elsa, not Anna, but traded Elsa mm. for a fidget spinner. Wow. Oh, from Frozen. For sure. Wow. The fidget spinner is not from Frozen. Uh, yeah. Elsa, Elsa from yes. Frozen. Yes. And so, so um, we eventually uh, uh, re recouped uh, our uh, Elsa and returned the fidget spinner. But she like yes. was engaging in like a early um, 
awareness bartering. Was this like futures trading for her? She saw like she was bullish on fidget spinners and maybe a little bearish. And bearish on Elsa. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, and the third thing that I know is uh, people do all sorts of things with them. So you, you spin them on different parts of your body. Right. Like on your nose, the tip of your nose. Sure. On your forehead. Right. On a finger. And you see how long, one of the things you do is you see how long it can spin for. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've, I've been told, I've not let myself stare at this fidget spinner long enough, but I, I've been told that you can go like 10 minutes yeah. or more on a single spin. Amazing, uh, amazing recap for someone who's had one for one day. I appreciate yeah. Uh, yeah. that, Brandon. You're welcome. Uh, really and I will say my daughter uh, has been asking for a fidget spinner for a couple of months now. A lot of her classmates have them. They have been not necessarily banned at her elementary school, but they have been uh, discouraged uh, to be in the classroom. Uh, they are something that uh, creates a lot of noise. You'll see teachers posting on social media about sort of the whirl you hear if all the students in the class do. Uh, the fidget spinner at the same time. But what's happening now is there are school districts across the country who are banning them, who are saying outright they're not in, in, allowed in the classroom. Uh, they are not to be used during class time, maybe on the walk to school, walk home. Um, the argument for using them would seem to be along the lines of um, a student who has trouble uh, perhaps with being uh, able to concentrate on something. It fidgets a lot. Obviously, fidget spinner or fidget cube would hopefully occupy them physically while they're able to learn. Um, while the other side of it is it's become a fad and become a toy. And to your point, Brandon, uh, you see how long you can spin it and where you can spin it and how much fun it is, uh, leads to maybe a less, um, cohesive classroom, one that, uh, has distractions and, and brings students away. So Mike, I, I said distracted learning. Um, I didn't really know if that was a term that was out there, but it's sort of how, uh, fidget spinners came into my mind. I've said no to my daughter getting one. Maybe I'm a bad, a, a bad dad for that, but, um, I don't want her bringing a distracting object into the classroom. Uh, but this seems like a, a, an ongoing trend, right? Between technology, fidget spinners, all the different things that can come into the classroom and take someone's attention away from the lesson at hand. Um, overall, what's your perspective on, multiple inputs, things that we're doing to, to distract our hands while trying to learn and read and, and listen. Uh, yeah. what's, what's your overall perspective on that, that in the classroom? Good question. There's a, there's a lot going on in that question. Uh, and I think part of what's classic Dan. Classic, classic Dan. Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of different ways to go. Uh, what I think is interesting about it is we're in an age of distraction uh, so I actually liked your coining of the term distracted learning, Dan. You're, 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 you're a host of this show. You can, you can coin stuff, you know? So distracted learning I thought was interesting. Um, what I find interesting in particular about fidget spinners, fidget cubes, is that they're distracting, but they're not technology in a digital sense. And, uh, you know, I've talked a lot about uh, tactile reassurance and the idea of, like, uh, physical, physically being able to manipulate and handle things as something that folks are seeking in an age of more and more screen-based, digital-based uh, stuff. So I think the, the fidget movement uh, is interesting. <laughs> fidget movement is interesting. Uh, and I think it's something that we're, I, I think it's very much of the time and I don't, it definitely feels like a fad. It feels like it's going to, it's going to go away at some point, but I'm not really sure what replaces it? I feel like it's responding to an unmet need and I'm not really clear on what the next generation of it's going to be because it does feel like it's going to go to absurd 
heights where everyone in class is going to be spinning these things and it's going to be causing uh, a little bit of consternation to our instructors. Um, so I could see the pushback coming. I'm just not sure really where we're going to land with this trend. It's very much uh, timely, but I'm not really sure where it's heading. Yeah, I, I think a couple things about that. Um, one is I think it's easy to have a false comparison about um, you know, what a child who is using a fidget spinner versus that child being, you know, wrapped with attention. I think that's, that's just teachers and, and I, you know, I, I heart teachers. Um, I less than three teachers, but like we should, we should not pretend that that is the comparison. It's a child who is distracted by one thing potentially compared to that same child being distracted by some other thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, I haven't taught in a classroom with 25 students all spinning something that does make some noise. And so I don't want to just, I don't wanna downplay what could be sort of a collective distraction from it. But, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think you're probably right, Mike, this probably is a fad, it probably goes away. I, I wouldn't be surprised if some other something in the same genre replaces, I mean, this is not that much different than spinning your pen on mm -hmm. your fingers, which is something that, you know, I never learned to do, but a lot of people did and over and over and over and over and over again, as mm -hmm. someone who fidgets. Um, when I was in high school, we had these little, um, I don't know, sort of like, uh, uh, it's, it's hard to describe it. And you're not going to see my hands, my <laughs> gestures here. It was a string that had two wooden beads on each end of it. Okay. And you would spin it between your fingers. Mm -hmm. Um, it was uh, mini nunchucks. Is that? Yeah, it was not. It was. I couldn't remember. Finger nunchucks. Killed a guy with one one time. <laughs> um, I picked it up on a on a school trip. I was in in France. They were they were big in Europe at the time. Mm. Um, this is in the nineties. Mm -hmm. If you can remember the nineties. So there have like this. Neither of those things that I I said were maybe as faddish or as popular um, as the fidget spinner. Mm -hmm. But um, distraction. Children in K twelve settings, particularly, will will be very creative at finding ways to distract themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, uh, I I don't know where we go from here, but my I'd be surprised if it weren't from one kind of distraction to another. To interesting, the interesting thing, I think, also is that there's the idea of the impact on the individual learner, but then also the impact on the people adjacent to the learner. Uh, so, I do think having one of these things is probably nice for the owner but i imagine if you're if you don't have one and the class is beginning to whir with fidget spinners it's it's both distracting and then also uh you want in right like i, I wonder and and just as an experiment if we gave all every student like the teacher had a, had a, had a box full of, of fidget spinners mm. and as you walked in you would get your fidget spinner and you could you know that would it wouldn't take care of the worrying. Right. It would amplify the worrying because everyone right. would have it, but it would maybe take care of the worrying. Yes. About not having one, about being an outs, being a not so cool kid. Because um, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I wonder if I saw 20 people around me sitting and spinning this, if it would really distract me. Yeah. And if I have it, incredible powers of concentration. <laughs> so. That's true. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then do they actually affect the physics of the classroom would be my other question. Like, are you actually, like, if you get enough of them spinning in unison, are you actually going to create... Develop weather patterns? Yeah, or, like, yeah. blow some gusts at your, at your faculty. <laughs> like, are, are there chaos theory implications? Yes. Like, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot going on with, uh, with the fidget spinners. But, but I think Dan's point about distracted learning 
oh, or just that turn of phrase, I do find interesting. Yeah. Uh, mainly because there's been a lot of talk about multitasking and the, the forms of media that we can engage with and uh, the level to which, you know, next generation of learners are going to need to be able to multitask and jump from idea to idea. Um, I do wonder whether uh, this feeds into that, whether this is sort of pseudoscience that's going to propagate some myths out there. Uh, but I do think it is relevant to some of the conversations we've had around second screening and uh, is it okay to have screens in the classroom? Um, I think a related question would be, is it okay to have fidget devices? And I, I would clarify too, there's fidget spinners, there are fidget cubes. Yep. Uh, and at least, the as I understand the etymology, it's mainly to prevent fidgeting, right? right. So like it's it's, it's a fidget sink, fidget like, sink. yeah, yeah. Like where you like where your fidgeting goes to rest. It like absorbs. Yes, 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 yeah. And proponents would say, you know, a student who is easily distracted, who may fidget, now has this fidget spinner or fidget cube, which my daughter does have a fidget cube and has a bunch of different bells and whistles on it that can do different things, click and push and, and uh, rub. Uh, does that help them in learning? Does that allow them to concentrate then? Does the fidgeting, you know, being localized and specific to a spinner or cube allow them to, to learn more? I don't, I have not seen a, a, a specific study on that as of yet. Alerta State University had a study in 2016 about um, distractions while learning and the idea of fidgeting, being allowed to fidget and being allowed to play with something uh, for those who, who uh, this specifically was about ADHD, but about uh, concentration, they were able to memorize things easier when they were fidgeting with something than when they were meant made to sit still. Uh, I'm sure we'll see more studies, hopefully, on that sort of thing. I do think there are two paths to go uh, beyond. One is a lot of people are saying that this shows in education and in the classroom, we're not doing enough physical activity, Like there's not enough challenging the body, not enough playtime, not enough physical education. Um, and thus students are pushing towards the fidgeting um, and, and doing more that way. Do you, do you see a correlation there, Mike? Or, or do you think that's grasping at straws to try to justify why students should have something like a fidget spinner in the classroom? It seems a little bit like Grasping at straws, uh, I would think, or grasping at fidget spinners, as, as the case may be. But, uh, you know, I think it's responding to a genuine need. Also, you know, it does touch on uh, the, uh, the widespread diagnosis of attention deficit disorder and, uh, and hyperactivity, because um, I do think there is much uh, to be discussed on that front, where I do think uh, it's becoming more prevalent. I think we're also more sensitive to it. And I think we're also uh, more sensitive to tactics to respond to what back in the day we would have just thought of as restlessness or, or, or whatever. I, I have seen it translate into the, uh, the professional world where, you know, at a, at a, we were at an offsite recently where we had a bunch of uh, manipulative toys uh, when we were asked not to use our screens we were given these toys to play with. And I did find that to be um, interesting in terms of how it affected how I was engaging. Because uh, I think when you're actually building something, you're, you're almost tapping into uh, a different part of your mental process than what you, what you typically uh, engage with when you're in a, a more of a, a corporate meeting setting. So I thought that was interesting. Related to that, I think there's a lot more awareness around bio breaks and standing to stretch and uh, allowing more um, 
freedom of movement, uh, particularly within longer meeting periods. I think that's probably translating into the classroom as well. Um, I just think the science is way too immature at this point for us to, to make any meaningful inf inferences. I do think it's, it's a place where experimentation, I think, is worthwhile, just to understand benefits, drawbacks, get some evidence-based research uh, into the mix so that uh, we can understand it better. Um, how about you, Brandon? What, what, are your, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're, you're an owner uh, of a fidget spinner. I, am, I haven't been paying attention at all. To <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Saying. I'll try to bring it back. Yep. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I, I'm of mixed, uh, mixed feeling. I have mixed feelings of mixed opinions on this. Um, I, I agree that the science on this, or at least the science as I understand it is, is pretty immature and, um, or at least I'm unfamiliar with it. Uh, so there's, there's probably an opportunity there. I think, um, a couple things. One, uh, learning, learning is hard and the incentives to pay, to be, you know, really leaned into the process of learning are um, uh, long, like there, there's the, the long play to be able to see how really being attentive in third grade is going to, you know, get you better grades, get you into more advanced classes, get you into a better college potentially or a better job out of high school. Um, like that, that's hard. That's a, that's a hard thing for a third grader, or seventh grader or whatever to forecast yourself out that far. And so um, I, I think, and it's also very different, like people, uh, whether learning styles, you know, we had the conversation with Brewer about, you know, the sort of pseudoscience around that, um, people are sort of different degrees of being present at, you know, they have, they have different curves in terms of their own personal engagement. So it's really hard to get a group of students to all be on the same page at the same time and not be distracted. So I, I think that that's gonna continue to be hard forever, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's also, uh, we've talked about human learning being a very human experience. And so whether it's, you know, bio breaks or standing or fidgeting because you're a fidgeter, that's a human part of it. So mm -hmm. I, I, don't, uh, I don't have a clear answer on what's the superior um, you know, teacher response to fidget spinners or cubes or whatever in the classroom. Um, it'd be interesting to, to know if there was demonstrably a uh, one that was better than the other. Uh, but just thinking back to the, the, the example you gave of being at the offsite with um, uh, some, some tactile uh, reassurance, uh, some, uh, some distractions for us. It was interesting to see like the different personae and how they took it. Like, I think, do you think Mike that every single person touched at least one touchable thing there like was there anyone who fully abstained from engaging in the little um fidget toys i don't think so i wasn't trying to single anyone out uh but there may have been one or two i don't know i think, I think also, so i think everybody i think it's a pure it's a pure pressure thing to yeah. some extent too once everyone starts their toys provided yeah. you're looking around everybody's making toys you're they're building why aren't you getting your toy on? Yeah, yeah 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 and then and then it also became a little competitive which was interesting well too. so that was the thing so there the personas there like basically everybody did a little and then a the couple people went yeah. real deep like one of our colleagues crafted out of pipe cleaners an entire yeah like constructed wearable yeah like uh Wesket, yeah. uh, a vest. Yeah. Um, I was it was it a wesket? It was like um, an artisanal wesket of some kind. Yeah. So like I wonder whether he it was a man was yeah. more engaged for his going for his deep learning on the 
on the use of pipe cleaners, whether he was less, whether it was um, would have been different for him otherwise. Yeah. Uh, it's hard, hard to, hard to know. It is also interesting how when that building is happening coterminously at the same time with uh, everything else that's going on in the, the meeting so that it allows you a safe way to be distracted as mm-hmm. well. So like when you started to watch the, the pipe cleaner uh, fashion uh, come together, it was a permissible way yeah, to true. be distracted, which, uh, which is the other thing that is interesting, you know, cause I did, I do have a little bit of a behavior mod. Uh, I have some experience with running a behavior mod program. And I think part of the fidget spinner problem, I think is how much do you allow absolutely the community, the, the attention of the students to focus on each other. And at what point does it start to go so far that they're clearly no longer paying attention to what you're trying to teach? I also think the instinct to, you know, lock in control is one that uh, I think more and more we're going to be challenged to question where rather than trying to institute control, more opening up opportunities for self-directed creativity and, um, you know, self-directed action um, is more and more the direction that we're seeing in, you know, educational design uh, and, and theory. Um, by no means is that an excuse for fidget spinners in every class. Yeah, although I, th- I think in, in, in my mind, in, in sort of a utopian uh, setting, which, you know, in being utopian maybe is um, impractical, but, you know, the instructor is expressing the, um, you know, the, the virtues of using something like, like of, of being physically engaged uh, while you are learning, but also the risks. Mm-hmm. And then sort of enlisting um, sort of democratically the support of the class to say, you know, look, if, if we think we can do this and be attentive, here's the reason why you want to be attentive. And it's awesome. And I'm a fun teacher and you love me. Um, here's the, you know, if we feel like we're losing attention, like let's call each other out on that. Like mm-hmm. let, let's, um, and maybe that's optimistic for third graders. It's optimistic maybe for adults. But um, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm piling on to your, uh, your note about control. I think that a, asserting absolute control is also the wrong answer. Yep. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah. We are in the, the middle of it, as Mike was saying before. So if, uh, honestly, you Googled right now, fidget spinners, you'll probably see brand new articles that hit uh, as you're listening to this podcast. Um, as of today, there's a new one posted about the uh, risks, the health risks that they can actually break apart and cause choking hazards. And mm. so there are those pieces that are coming out as well. Uh, those pieces that are coming out. That's really, that's hey, really right on why I host. Yeah. Um, and uh, further, just I think you're going to get, as Mike was saying, sort of opinion pieces right now. There aren't scientific studies saying, whether there's educational benefits to these pieces, uh, reading up further, apparently the original creator of the fidget spinner gave up on the project and is not benefiting from this boom right now. Uh, so there. Not, well, there, there she is. Uh, she created it back uh, in the late 80s, early 90s and, and let it go when it didn't hit. And now it is hitting here in 2017. But I do think it's a topic that, um, to Mike's point, what's next? What, what will replace fidget spinners? When I was in uh, middle school and high school, slap bracelets? Were the big yeah. thing in the classroom? I was, I was the original, if I can just interject here real quick, Dan. I was, I was the, the like importer-exporter of slap bracelets oh. in my middle school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for me, seventh grade was when uh, slap bracelets were really big. And yeah. so I bought yeah. like wholesale Interesting. just a ton of them. Yeah. Okay. And then I turned a profit by huh. selling them at you know, like retail prices to yeah. my classmates. 
Uh, and I must have sold, I was in a small school, I must have sold several hundred wow. slap bracelets. You were like a magnet. I was the slap bracelet king of yeah. Brexville, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, but then the ones that, so they, they were different, they were sort of had different materials. There were one that were um, uh, covered in fabric and yes, sir. Uh, uh, metal on the inside. And that, um, they were so popular because I worked it, it was so yeah. popular yeah. that they, uh, they ended up cutting some Ooh. girl's wrist. Now Yikes. she didn't like bleed out. She's like RIP that girl. Um, she didn't, she didn't pass. She was fine. But um, it, it was then prohibited. They cut me off. My school administration were like, they had to pull me and they'd say, listen, slap bracelet king of Brexville, Ohio. Yeah. You got to, you were cutting you off. Interesting. Cause there, the health, there is a health risk. There's yeah. a safety hazard. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And then, and then, you know, your daughter, Penny, in some ways, maybe maybe it's genetic. She's following in your footsteps, be, trading yeah. the LSAT That's for right. the fidget spinner. That's right. She's working. Maybe she's getting in early. It's on. all about arbitrage. Like yeah. everybody's looking yeah. for a deal. Leverage. Can, yeah, it's leverage. You need leverage to spin well. True. And then when you have fidget spin leverage, you're doing well. You're in good shape. Yeah. So did you go to the black market after that, Brandon? Or, there, or can you not talk about that I at this point? I can't talk about that on air. We'll have to, are we still recording? Statute of limitations has to be. <laughs> yeah. We'll pick up on Beanie, Beanie Babies. After yeah, that. there you go. Yeah, yeah. But I do think it's, it's a topic, not necessarily about fidget spinners that we'll come back to, but the idea of uh, fidgeting and, and students. Uh, I remember believing I couldn't study unless I was listening to music. That, that something was going on in the background to sort of distract me. It made me focus more on what I was doing. I believe that to be completely made up in my mind, but it helped me believe at the time I could read better. So if students are believing, they, they focus better with a fidget spinner and they then learn better. Maybe that is a path to go down, but I'm sure uh, studies will come out hopefully and, and see where this all leads to. But an interesting discussion, definitely something trending in education right now and something that we can follow up on as more news comes out over the course of the next few months. With that said, uh, that's the end of the episode for this week. We'll be back with you again next week. You can find us on Twitter, at Trending and Ed. Of course, Facebook, the same, at Trending and Ed, trendinganded.com. Any topics you want to hear from us on, send us a tweet, send us a Facebook message. We'll be happy to pick them up. Until next time, this is Trending in Education. Trending in Education.